What were you just saying about how you didn't know what this was until you just watched it, like, five minutes ago? Well, okay, first off, all I knew was that it was a Teddy Newton short, which we'll get into Teddy Newton's in our actual segment about the short we're going to talk about. I knew it was traditionally animated, and based off what you texted me earlier today, I didn't know it was about strippers, because you're like, wait, is it the stripper thing? And then you're like, I just watched it, it was the stripper thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what threw me, because I was like, am I make, am I watching the right thing? That, because what actually, what was the weird thing about it, and and we'll we'll do this in order, but I wanted to lead with this because it so threw me, and I'm excited about this episode, but that was what the, my issue was wor- earlier, was that I watched it, and then I thought, there is no way that this was on the list. And I looked, and I tried to find whatever Wikipedia list you used to make, the schedule for the show and I couldn't find it so I still wasn't sure that I had watched the right so, one but like what I don't I know you, you were taking we st- a shower or something so if you want me to give you the whole explanation now and then we can go into our like more of our side change is the the determination of how we land on things for this podcast is I have a list of every Pixar mainline short film and a list of every Pixar film then I go to the IMDB pages of every director listed and this was listed under Teddy Newton so I was like, well, oh. I can, let me see if I find it on YouTube. And I did. And I was like, all right, so we'll do it. Because <laughs> this guy goes on to direct. Again, we'll talk Rick more about Teddy later. But he does, yeah, he directs an Academy Award winning Pixar short down the road. Okay. But, yes, we will talk all about that when we get to our main topic. But Mark, cool. I guess the other thing is it. like, I'm, maybe I'll throw the button on there now. But also because of what my game of lists is going to be, I'm just going to say this is going to be an explicit episode. So we can swear as much as we want, and I'm just like, right. I'm not going to like try, because normally we like to leave a little message for our guests and things to keep it like PG-13. Not because I really care, maybe we've said this already, but just because some like content-aware thing might pick I mean, us I up. And I mean, it's snub, also like... Today's Snub Club has an, um, a trigger warning on it, so I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like... What I guess I care even more about is that, like, you want it to be consistent for your audience. Yes. So, well, we got, that's, that's more important to me. But, to we got a cool little logo for children. Is this yeah. for children? We'll hold on to that question for later. Sure. <laughs> so I think it's pretty obvious how we're talking about it now. But, yeah. well, Mark, I mean, you told me you whatever. had something you, you want to talk about besides the short. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Before we got on here, we were kind of talking about what we wanted to talk about in our life updates things, and we both said that we had been watching some movies, and then we said that that would be boring to talk about, and I decided that I think we should talk about what we find boring listening to other podcasts, because sometimes you bring it up, sometimes I bring it up, and then recently I was listening to a podcast that I really enjoy, and I had that moment of like, why did they leave this in? This is really boring to me. And I feel like I make a lot of, like, small judgments about the content for this show as we record and then as I edit, but there was just one segment of a podcast I listened to recently where I was like, I think this is this is a garbage segment that shouldn't exist at all. Um, and the twist is, he was listening to Looking to the Ocean of Pixar Journey, and the segment was the opening segment where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> No, I Sorry. think those are, I mean, 
it's I do it's it's actually I can't actually tell. We try to talk about things that we find interesting and I think we try to make the games interesting. I think that what I think of when I think of something that is boring is a segment that is so fundamentally wrong-headed it just shouldn't exist. Well, like, uh, can you drop an example? Well, yes. Yeah, so my example was I, I really enjoy listening to this. It's sort of like a conversational interview podcast with just internet people. Part of this one episode recently was the hosts, like, going on Reddit and quizzing each other about things they thought would be on Reddit. And I don't want to, you know, these are people that I actually would like to meet someday. Oh, so so I won't name it Shame either. Got it. Sounds like a plan. I mean, you don't <laughs> want to either, but I just, I think they're the, they're very cool people. But I was just like... There's a lot of silence because you can like hear that they're looking through things on the internet, which I try to cut out of our podcasts, except when you need that time, because if you want guests to play along with games, then it's like, do you leave that time in? I don't know. That's kind of a gray area. But there was like no insight. It's just like you're reading me things that I could look up myself. Like I can go on to Reddit and check these things out. So it's not like an insight about you and you're not invested in it. I felt called out because sometimes I feel like that's what the game of lists is, is me going <laughs> online and doing like a very superficial thing. So I tried to add a layer of I had to find something out to it. So I guess, yeah, that that's what spurred me to bring this on was thinking about that is like no dead space, hopefully, unless it's natural and you're enjoying a conversation and hopefully yeah. it's not superficial and obvious. See, my, my nitpick I was going to bring up, I agree with you, to be clear. Um, I definitely think there are moments like that in some, again, I don't, I'm not naming names, but some podcasts I listen to that are more amateur that definitely have like the, oh my, like, oh, let me look this up. Let me look this up. Because I feel like normally if I say, let me look this up, I think either you cut it or I like, Mark, say something while I'm looking this up. Or, <laughs> you know, like where it's like kind of a joke. Well, um, yeah, I actually leave those. I Sometimes I leave that in because I think it's funny. Well, also, I don't remember what it was. I listened to our episode last week, which at this time is the episode that should chronologically be last, but isn't, because now we're back on track. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember. I think you say something about the short, and they go like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading Grinding Nemo right now, and I never engaged with what you said about the short. And I was like, oh, damn, I really should have like paid attention there, because I think Mark brought up a good point. I can't remember what the point is, but... That's something where, like, to me, that that's that's some self analysis where it's like I really need to like, if I'm not listening, I need to be like, Mark, repeat what you said. Now that we're back in the main conversation, but that's like a self analysis. That's not what I was gonna bring in as something mm. I don't like. And I, actually, I, I do cut it out when we repeat things. My thing I was gonna say is that I listen to this podcast where the premise of it is it's like kid, well not kid, he's like a millennial, so he's like thirty, and he goes to movies with his mom, who's a boomer. Right, and she's seventy, and it's like the mom is like has a PhD, and the the I, I call him a kid, but he's like our age. But like you know, her kid is like this really smart like filmmaker guy. Like I know he's like a filmmaker, but anyway, thing that drives me crazy about that podcast is I feel like, and this is like maybe this is like a very specific hyper specific thing for like the premise of that podcast, but there are a lot of moments where the guy will be like. No, mom, this is how the movie works, blah, 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 blah. And the thing is, is that the mom never sounds condescending, but he's always like, 
He's, I'm trying to think because I was listening to their episode about the Candyman remake today, where it's like, Mom, I think you just go into these movies thinking that these aren't scary. Like, no, you, you go in these things thinking you're going to be screaming the whole time, and you're just never like that when we see these movies. And you think this, and you think this, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, you don't <laughs> rag on your mom so much. And I think it's very much like the, because the thing is, I guess it's more like the power balance thing, right? Because I feel like we've talked about this before on this podcast, where it's like, I am the Mike, and you are the Sully, and like every podcast has that, that dynamic. Uh, I think also, like, say on my other podcast, the Snub Club, where like inherently in any podcast, I'm going to be the one who's like, high energy it's very i don't think i've ever had a guest on any of my shows that meets my high energy which is oh that's not true that's not true jay salahi who will eventually be on this podcast but if you ever listen to my why is episodes when jay came on that is like the one time i would ever like get quieter i think it's also like it's very much just a don't explain because if you're because it must be like it wouldn't be as bothersome if it was like the mom explaining it to the kid because it's like oh well yeah she's the mom so she, she she can't talk like that's something I'm used to but it's also just like in general don't like be condescending to your guest especially because like if this is a film podcast ran by a filmmaker who works in Chicago and he's like oh yeah this podcast is me talking to my mom trying for us to like see what the generation gap is between like these movies it's like okay well then you should be like more like listening to your mom who probably is not aware how podcasts usually go even though i'm like on episode 50 now i still don't think your mom listens to podcasts you know and then also there are times where he'll just correct her and he'll be wrong <laughs> and i'll just be like oh my gosh just do like it's okay to pause and look it up because like in this one episode because again it was like the candy man episode this is like august 2021 the mom's like i really wanted to see this movie annette but I can't find any showtimes by me. He's like, well, you missed it. I'm like, no, she didn't. She lives in the suburbs. That movie was never playing by her. Like, just do... <laughs> like, like, don't make your mom feel bad for not seeing this movie in time when she probably was never given the option to. It's not like that. that where it's you're like... using your, like, superpower to call this guy out. <laughs> yeah, he's probably never going to listen to the show. It's going to be really fun. He, I follow him on Letterboxd. I don't think he follows me. So if you ever came across this, you'd be like, damn, like I'm being called out on my podcast that probably does not have a lot of... Because the only reason I listen to this podcast is because it's like a Chicago... I, I saw an ad for at the movie theater that he works at. But he's like a filmmaker. Like, I know he has some stuff in festivals around here. And I just find it an interesting show in general. I'm just like, dude, just let your mom talk sometimes. Like, that, like she lets you talk always. Like, let her talk. <laughs> yeah, that that is a rule that I have myself is I never argue with guests. Unless they were to say something, like, problematic, and then we would cut out the entire interaction. Healthy argument, I think, is fun tension. But when there is that power imbalance, when there is, when there is that power imbalance, that's when it becomes this kind of weird, like, well, why don't you just, like, let them talk? And because you come from very different worlds. Uh, should we go to our games, then? Should we go to our games? Have we exhausted have our... I watched a great movie yesterday. Yeah, tell me. I want to know about the great movie. I watched four movies to catch up for this voting thing I'm doing, um, where it's like the best films of the the decade of this award show I voted in. I air quoted the award show. I don't know why I did that. We're a podcast. I should quote. It's not an official award show, but it's like I'm running it. it okay, I'll just be blunt. I've been on an internet forum for since 2012, and there's been an award show since 2012, and this year, since last year marked our 10th award show of it, we're doing a super award show of all the winners facing off against each other. So I'm watching some of the winners from the past I never watched. And those five movies were, in order, um, was The Master, The Wolf of Wall Street, Cloud Atlas, and This is the End. 
Oh and my god. Before gosh. I explain why I watched this is the end, I want to put for the record, I tried to watch The Wind Rises. So this is actually this is news. This is news that everyone should be aware of. Is that you know how HBO Max is terrible now? You know how everyone's like pooping on HBO Max? I don't know why I said pooping. This is the explicit episode. I can say shitting. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we warned everyone. Yeah. Um, well, you know yes. they removed the Japanese audio of the Ghibli films. I tried to watch The Wind Rises Whoa, last night, what? and it won it won foreign language film for my award show. But they only had the dub. I'm like, I'm not gonna vote on this in foreign language film if the Japanese dubs are removed. Like, there's no reason. Like, I can't watch this in English and say how it is as a foreign film. Foreign I'm gonna straight film, up you know? fact check you to get my live reaction to them not having the Japanese. All audio. right. Well, you can check The Wind Rises, um, and I checked Spirited Away as no. I watched. I checked The Cat Returns because I watched The Cat Returns earlier this year with Japanese audio, so I knew it was there at one point. Hmm. So, oh my gosh, you're right. What the? I know. Hell? And it's like I was. I told Julius this, and they're like, "Well, that's really dumb." Because at one point, I want to do this big Ghibli rewatch on HBO Max, but like, why would I just do it with the dubs? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man. Well, to me, I'm like, know. you might as well just remove them. That like, like... That's why I feel like you might as well remove them. I, I have no desire to watch those dubs. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched the Ponyo dub and I hated it. Uh, in that case, I actually can't imagine that that's something that they would do, because why on earth would they, you do that? I don't that? think they would have renewed, like, maybe they didn't renew the license or something. For that's it. what I imagine I is the case, but I, being just, cheap. I don't know. That's the thing. They're being cheap. So I have The Wind Rises now on hold of the library. Hopefully it comes in in time for me to watch it. But yeah, I watched those four shots. I repeat them for the listeners, because I just went on a rant about HBO Max. Let me let me try if I can do it. You watch The Master. Okay. Uh, you watch The Wolf of Wall Street. This is the end. I knew the other this one. Because the end was the last one. Oh, you, you watched Cloud Atlas. Yes. Yes. And you watched All right. Cloud Atlas. So I want you to, even though the listeners who follow my letterbox will know the answer, I want you to guess which of these. So one of these got a five star rating. Guess which one got only one. Master. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna fight. This is the conflict that we were talking about. Well, but go let's on. try to get get. I I well, I gave three point fives to the master, and this is the end. And I gave, well, I'll just tell you what the five is, because if I tell you what I gave the four point, if the other one got a 4.5, if I tell you what that one is, then you'll know which one is five. I gave the five to Cloud Atlas. I think Cloud Atlas is a masterpiece. I was sobbing at the end. Um, For the record, Yellowface is not good, <laughs> but <laughs> the rest of that movie is so nice. And there is the moment where... Uh, to spoil this movie that's 10 years old that I highly recommend if anyone's listened has not seen it to just watch it. Although, honestly, it's not really a movie you can... The, the moment I'm about to spoil, I feel like it's a spoiler, is the reveal that Duna Bay is playing the the sailor's wife. That just got me sobbing. That was <laughs> like... Because she doesn't really show up in the other stories much besides that. Um, she has a, a role in the Halle Berry 70s one, too. But in that one, but in this one, that's where she arrives in that one. It, like, you're kind of blindsided by it. And then it cuts back to, you know, because Jim Sturgis in the yellow face is going to be like, oh, my God, that's a guy in yellow face. But then <laughs> when you see her, it's like, oh, I see what you were going for here. I don't fully agree with it, but I feel emotionally dis- like destroyed by this reveal that this love story has endured from the 1800s to the 2100s. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it says a lot. And then the final line of the movie had me sob. Also, I'm gonna say right now, uh, this might sound weird coming from me, but I think this is the. I think Tom Hanks in the post-apocalyptic future is by far the most attractive he's ever looked in a movie. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I know it's like a weird take, but I'm like, dang, right. like 
the, like like the you know the beard is crazy like it's, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of very mean. emancipated not not emancipated emaciated, <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he's I emaciated mean, to a degree where oh, it, like yeah, it makes his emaciated. face look really good i don't know it's i know it's a weird take but i was no, like I, no wow, i get what you looks, mean though he looks so much younger in that timeline than anywhere else in the movie you know it's, and i don't think, I don't it's think really i've makeup. watched cloud atlas more than once and i don't think it I mean, like this is the first this is the first time i watched all four of those movies i don't know actually cloud atlas didn't hit me that much but i should revisit it and give it another shot um, I mean, I, I realized I after That's... watching it, you know, the Wachowskis are, and I know Tom Twyker also directed it, but I realized, you know, the Wachowskis, every movie I've seen of theirs, and I've seen, I believe, all their movies besides Bound, and with the exception of Jupiter Sunday, which is always the exception with the Wachowskis, and the original Matrix sequels, so Resurrections is not included in here. Every So, okay, I'll just say the movies. The Matrix, Cloud Atlas, Speed Racer, Matrix Resurrections, all those are ever 4.5 or 5 stars to me. That is an insane batting average for any filmmaker, especially because, like, it's from 1999 to last year, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, just always they hit. And the thing is also, Reloaded to me is a 4 out of 5 movie. Reloaded is very close to being a 4.5 movie. I don't like Revolutions that much, or, of course, Jupiter Ascending. But both, like, anything the Wachowskis make, I'm like... So I'm like, maybe I should finally start Sense8. <laughs> maybe I should find time to you finally watch Sense8. should start Sense8. Holy cow. I think... With my poor memory of Cloud Atlas, I think I prefer Sense8 to Cloud Atlas, but... No, I just generally prefer movies, you know? Also, I, I do kind of, like, massive respect... I mentioned Tom Hanks earlier, but I also think, like, I think it's really cool how Tom Hanks will bring it up, like, once every couple of years. Where he's, they're like, so what's the best movies you've made? Always be like, well, Cloud Atlas is one of them. I really... That's, like, one of my biggest, like, damn, I really respect you, Tom Hanks, to always be like, this movie that no one understood is, like, the best, like, the best thing I've made. It's, he, he, I don't know if you knew this, Tom Hanks has said... It's the only one of my movies I've seen multiple times. Like, I, I legitimately enjoy revisiting it. And it's like, yeah, like, it makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the Wachowskis are like, my relationship with the work has changed so much because stuff like Jupiter Ascending and Cloud Atlas didn't really click for me. But I still think that they are like, I don't know, it's wrong to call them I like the smartest people, Ascending. like, like or some of I the smartest probably... people making movies. But whenever you see those movies, I feel like there's a person behind the camera, and that's part of what I love about them. I want to quote something from Demi from Letterboxd. Is that he says something in his review about uh, of Cloud Atlas. The Wachowski sisters are the most ambitious and visionary filmmakers working today, and they should get a tax-free grant of $100 million every two years <laughs> to make whatever their hearts desire. I'm like, yeah, that's legit. Like... Keep yeah. giving them this, this poor money. Like, if I like, let's say I won this Powerball. By the time this episode's done, that power, Powerball would have been won. But like that one point eight billion Powerball. I'm like, all right, Lano Wachowski, Wachowski, how much money you want? Like, hello, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me, but I think every one of your movies is phenomenal. Are the Jupiter Ascending, and I would love to fund your next project. I know Cloud Atlas was independently funded, which, by the way. A relief, because I feel like otherwise this new uh, Warner Brothers head would try to find some way to tax right out this 10-year-old movie. Um, but since Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas has such weird financing. Like, there was a production company made just to make this, like, get the money to make this movie. Also, Wolf of Wall Street is too, because Wolf of Wall Street, I don't know if you remember, there's a whole story about Wolf of Wall Street, like, being in litigation now because of the weird funding of that movie. I don't really I know. I actually the whole story. do kind of remember that, but I mean, it's just a paragraph on Wikipedia. 
So I I do want to like we could I'm so amazed because I thought when you asked me for my vote you would only watch one of these movies and I can't believe you watched all four of them so like can I hear oh, your I didn't even Wolf offer of this Wall Street and Master takes so the Master is very similar to There Will Be Blood to me where I watched There Will Be Blood late at night in college and I was like John Day Lewis Paul Dano and um, I don't know his name but the guy who plays the deaf son who you know is very involved in New York theater. Now, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, oh, these performances are great. Let's Centauri look up his name. Great. I well, he's actually in, um, spoiler alert for people who haven't watched it yet, the new Jennifer Lawrence movie on Apple TV+. Plus. He has a very small role in it that I thought was phenomenal. He's only in one scene, but I was like, dang. Like, this is one of those, like, you know how, like, he's like, because this is a good comparison because Brian Tyree Henry is in, in Causeway as well. Um, But he's like the Brian Tyree Henry in If Beale Street Could Talk, but that's his role in cause like that's that size of role in causeway where he's not in a lot but he makes a huge impression he, you have his name yes it is russell harvard but i i definitely appreciate the technical aspects but then the movie itself i'm just kind of like very struggling to get into and my my letter my letterbox review for the master says exactly that and then i also go like well you know i always think with both this and there will be blood i wanted to see it in theater because in a theater i think i'd be way more into it um, unfortunately for the master, I have waited four years for it to screen here in 70 millimeter and hasn't even screened in 35 or DCP. So at this point, I'm like, well, we'll see if it ever comes around. And I'll, I have those movies. I have those movies ever played music box. I'll go to them. Like, I'm very curious to see how those play in a theater. I'd probably like them more, but for now, I'm just like, yeah, Joaquin and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Great. Johnny Greenwood. Fantastic. The cinematography. Beautiful. I can't really say much else. It's like, yeah, I, I guess it was all right. Sorry, but also I'm not. I don't feel too bad about it because I do think. I think there's PTA. There's fun PTA, and then there's kind of dry PTA, which is what I need a theater for. Interesting. And then there's stuff like Magnolia, where it's like three hours long, and I'm just overwhelmed by the ambition of it. Kind of like, kind of like Cloud Atlas. <laughs> mm. What's your Wolf of Wall Street take? I mean, it's really good. Um, this is what was funny is I texted Matt and Julie. I don't, I don't know, you know, Matt, but I texted Julius. We have a group chat. I know Matt. And, okay. Well, I texted them and I'm like, yeah, well, I watched these both today and I watched the master and Wolf of Wall Street. And I really loved one of them. Other one. eh, I don't know what I feel about it. And Matt was like, Oh, do you mean the master? And I was like, uh, no, I think, actually, I don't know if you guessed the master. I think it was just like, which one? And I was like, well, I don't know. I felt like I didn't need to say because there hasn't been a well-received Scorsese movie I've seen where I'm like, man, that was not good. I think if a Scorsese movie is liked, I'm going to like it. I don't, th- <laughs> I think, let, let's see what the, if I've rated, I think I've only rated, besides Boxcar Bertha, which I don't think people really count as a Scorsese movie. I think every Scorsese movie I've seen, I've given like a three or higher. Which I know a three is... I, I, I Okay, Hugo is low, but that's because I haven't watched it since theaters, so... The only one that's low besides Hugo, which again, I don't count because I haven't seen it since theaters, is Who's That Knocking at My Door, which is de- his debut film. So, everything mm. else is three or higher. And like, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, it joins my top my top nine easily. I'd have to... Because it's a 4.5. And so, there are nine Scorsese movies that are 4.5 or fives to me. Excellent. And then there's... Three that are fours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, haven't I thought liked... The Wolf of Wall Street was really good. I thought, my one thought on it is, well, well, for one, there's a game that Mark and I have talked about before that I wanted to still try to develop into a game where you guess the billing of the credits. The billing of the credits on The Wolf of Wall Street is wild. Uh, <laughs> also, 
In relate to the billing and the credits, I don't know how I went this long without knowing Kristen Milotti was in it. She's really good in it, even though she's obvious. I think people over looking Margot Robbie is really good in it. Like it's a star making performance for a reason. Um, but I think Kristen Milotti's really good in it for the hour she's in it too. I think it's actually a really good movie to look at. You know, with the Scorsese discourse comes out where they talk about women in Scorsese movies because I think it makes a very knowing like thing where it's like Kristen Milotti is the one who says let's target the bigger fish. You know, like. And Margot Robbie, like, you know, like, the women in the movie really do have a lot of power over Jordan Belfort. They're, like, the only people who have power over him. And I think that's interesting. It's something that I don't really see as much in, say, well, I don't want to say Casino, because I haven't seen Casino in, like, three years. So, yeah. And it's also, you know, I always say that with Goodfellas, too. I think um, Lorraine Bracco's character in Goodfellas is, like, a very important part of it that no one talks about. The part not so much. Fair for me, it's not important. (laughs) The part, but that's okay. The part. The part. And then this is the end was fun. Cool. It was funny that I watched two Jonah Hill movies back to back that came out in the same year. I didn't realize that. Well, that because Cloud Atlas was in the middle, but yeah, same day. I have a little tangent about the Master, which is just it came out I, like 2007 or eight or something, and I think around that time or whatever, which is when I was like all about going to see movies with my grandma, and I remember going to see the Master with my grandma, and being I was I was losing my mind at how great it all was and it's one of those movies i think it's one of the first maybe one of the first paul thomas anderson's that i had seen i don't know it just really like cracked something open for me so i loved it and she was like i think very embarrassed that she brought me there i don't know that's just something i remember you have you have it seems like you have a lot of memories about going to the theater with people that you know i do not have a whole lot of those but i do have that one I will say that my favorite Scorsese movie, and this is not, I, I dropped this take everywhere. My favorite Scorsese movie I remember I saw it with you. Good Your times. favorite Scorsese movie is Silence? Yeah. Was that a it's, spoiler? It's held up you, to like, me. didn't name no, it. No, no, it's not like, a spoiler. <laughs> I'm very open about it. Anyone asks me what the best Scorsese movie is, they'll say, I'll say Silence. I'm like, okay, but like, what about the ones I've heard? And I'll be like, well, my second favorite is Goodfellas. So, like, <laughs> but Silence is my absolute, like, this is, this is fantastic. <laughs> like, you know, I think I've watched Silence. I watched two or three times. I don't know. It's it's a hard watch always, but it's always like, mm, I feel so rewarded by the end of it. Um, I do want to say one last thing about The Wolf of Wall Street that I forgot to say, which are not, these are not hot takes at all. This is me agreeing with takes from 2013, which is the Quaalude scene should have won Leo the Oscar on his own. <laughs> it's own. Leo is so good in it. Um, I think it, I do agree with the like, yeah, probably his best performance. Um, very impressive stuff. Uh, the other thing with it is like I always I, there's this podcast I listened to this had Oscar buzz where they did a Magic Mike episode where like man the alternate re- we're gonna go down a road here and do an alternate reality where Matthew McConaughey wins for this which means in this alternate reality Matthew McConaughey wins the Oscar for supporting actor for Magic Mike in 2012 which means obviously um, the next year there's no rush to not give him the award for Dallas Buyers Club meaning Leonardo DiCaprio wins for The Wolf of Wall Street because that's would be like the main narrative is that we haven't given Leo his Oscar. Then, ergo, The Revenant still happens, but it's nowhere near the contender it is because The Revenant is mostly drawn, like, it's like, it was a tough shoot, and Leo needs an Oscar, we haven't given it to him yet. So, in that world, George Miller wins Best Director for Mad Max Fury Road because Inri 2's not given the push that Leo gets, and The Martian and Matt Damon end up winning Best Actor because who else was an option in that lineup? If you look at that lineup... Um, the only other good performance in that lineup is Michael Fassbender and Steve Jobs, but I think there would have been more of like, an imp- like, wow, Matt Damon's really is our last movie star type of thing. And also, I think Matt Damon is good in The Martian. 
So <laughs> that is my hot take. I think Matt Damon should have won in 2015 for the. Uh, I think he's the best <laughs> nominated performance in that category that year. That is like my hottest take from that Oscar. Well, you, okay. Well, you no, went to all that trouble take. to make an alternate reality with such a dark ending. <laughs> but like, if I Matt mean, Damon fine, wins for the Mar- like, no, okay, but it's not a dark ending because you need to remember that actor. Well, no, I guess it is a dark ending because actor is pretty than actor director because George Miller wins for Fury Road. So it's like, will we take like will we take Matt Damon winning an acting Oscar if it means George Miller gets a directing Oscar for Fury Road? Well, who won Best Lead Actress <laughs> that year? Yeah, because wouldn't Charlize Theron win for Fury Road? She wasn't nominated that year. Well, that's your real problem. You need to go further back and correct these issues. You need to create a world. Well, then what you're like, telling me is, is that someone else needs to win for Monster. This podcast also this other like, really what? cool no, alternate reality. No, she can reality. win twice. This other one did this really weird alternate reality where it was like, this one's, this is the actual dark one, right? It's what if Renee Zellweger won for Chicago? Then someone else wins for Cold Mountain that year of Cold Mountain. So I'd have to look up who they said wins for Cold Mountain. But the thing that was dark about it is that if Renee Zellweger wins for Chicago, is that that means Nicole Kidman does not win for the hours, which means Nicole Kidman ends up in this area where they look at her performances all up that are nominated since then. It's like, and this episode was recorded in 2019, right? Um, Because the question is, is if she wins a lead, because Renee, no, sorry, I forget. Yeah, Renee Zellweger won Supporting Actress for Cold Mountain, okay? So if she wins the year prior in lead, she's not going to win the next year because she's not that liked. You know, they'll give it to someone else. I, I don't remember. Who, I think they landed on the woman from House of Flying Daggers, which is a cool, this is a cool choice. I don't know her name, but she's on The Expanse now. I can't remember her name for some reason. But then it's like, well, Nicole is Oscarless, and we they like, well, Scarlett Johansson probably wins for Marriage Story because it was her year that year, 2019. Because it's like, because the thing is. Would she still win for Judy if she has an oh, actress winning already? You know, like a best actress win. Because she doesn't need two lead actress wins. That's the argument here. But Yeah, I guess that's where I'm hung up on it. Because, like, why can't Charlize Theron win for uh, Monster and also Fury Road? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, Let me I, get to I'm, the dark I'm ending I'm with here. you. Okay. So the dark ending here is, in 2019, they realized, like, dang, I guess in this world, Nicole Kidman doesn't have an Oscar yet. Which means that last year... Instead of Jessica, all the Jessica Chastain winning isn't that bad because it wasn't that great of a movie. But that means Nicole Kidman wins her Oscar for being the Ricardos. And we cannot have that reality happen. (laughs) That cannot happen. (laughs) That happens like, I'm like, all right, so we'll we'll take (laughs) Renee Zellweger winning for Judy. (laughs) Because I'm okay. I do not want Nicole Kidman to have an Oscar for being the Ricardos. She doesn't deserve that. She, she deserves better than that. Fascinating uh, take. And my point there, Mark, is that I don't. I, well, I think Charlize Theron isn't viewed as overdue because if she was, she would have been a front runner in 2019 over Judy, over Renee Zellweger as Judy, because she was nominated for Bombshell after a year. Because that was her first nom after a lot of years of not being nominated. And it's like you're finally back. Here's your nom. Yeah, I guess I just don't understand why people win. But I mean, it's, it's, it's like all you... the narrative, baby. Like, yeah. This weekend I saw the new Martin McDonald that I cannot pronounce the name of. And I had the a lot Banshees of thoughts of it. The Sheeran? Well, yeah, I, I, I just can't pronounce the name of the island. Mm. And I had a lot of thoughts of it. Well, I thought of thoughts on the movie. But then I also had thoughts on the Oscar talk around it, which is like, before it was saw, people were like, Brendan Gleeson is probably going to end up being the front runner supporting actor. And I see it, I'm like, he's very good in this, but like, 
He doesn't have the narrative nor the performance of uh, Kei Hui Khan. I think I pronounced his name right. In Everything Everywhere. I think that is the most locked Oscar win this year. There's not going to be a better narrative for any acting nominee in all five categories than that role in Everything Everywhere. And also, he's such, like, the heart of the movie. Um, and it's also, like, such an obvious place to reward that movie. Because I could see, you know, Michelle Yeoh losing to Kate Blanchett. Easy. Even though I hope she doesn't. But, like, for him, it's like, yeah, definitely. And the thing the thing I did not get about it is people are saying, oh, yeah, Barry Keegan might get a nom for a supporting actor for this. And I watch him, like, he is by far the worst part of this movie. <laughs> kind of scenes. Like, like, his entire subplot, just get rid of it. Like... Oh, R.I.P. to Barry Keegan. Yeah, but like you know, it's all about the narrative. That's why okay. I think it's also really funny that like Michelle Williams like was like, "I'm going lead for the Fablemans." When if she was in supporting actress, she'd win automatically on her narrative, you know, because she's never won. But like you put her up against Michelle Yeoh, who's never been nominated, or Kate Blanchett, who everyone's saying is giving career best performance. They're not going to give it to Michelle Williams for like something that everyone's like, "Oh yeah, top five Michelle Williams performance." No one's saying it's her best, you know. Also, when people are like, it's supporting, really. So I think the actor you're thinking of from House of Flying Daggers is uh, Zhang Ziyi. No, it's not. There's someone who was nominated that year for House of Flying Daggers. Oh, no, I said the wrong name of the movie. Hold on, that's not the movie, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) It is not House of the Flying... It's not House of Flying Daggers. It is House of Sand and Bach. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that movie is, but well, it's House okay. of Sand and now, now that we're looking things up on the internet, do you want to do games? <laughs> so, Letterbox game. I give Mark the um, top five movies that appear on Letterbox as a related title according to their algorithm. If he gets it wrong twice, I'll give him the year the movie came out. If he gets um, that wrong, he gets two additional guesses where I give him an album movie. Mark gave me three random numbers beforehand, and I made him rechoose one, and I'll explain why at the end. And those movies I have listed, and I've organized them from popular to least popular. So these theoretically should get harder as we go on. However, I will say that the least popular film still has over 100,000 views on Letterboxd, so I don't think these are obscure films at all. Okay? All right. So you ready for round one? Yes. This is Terrifier, House of a Thousand Corpses, another house movie. Hatchet 2006, so not based off the classic um, youth novel Hatchet. Oh, man. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2022, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003. Barbarian? No. And Barbarian is not in the top 25. I don't I don't think I've guessed this yet. I mean, I don't think that it's been an answer yet, but did you watch the original Halloween? No, but the original Halloween is in the top 25. Now, okay. before I go on, I'm going to check something that I forgot to check. Okay, good. Hatchet is not the same director as this. <laughs> I, I did not know what the movie was, so I did not look up the director. Mm. Um, the year this movie came out is 2022. Halloween Ends? No. Halloween Ends is not in the top 25. The next film you get is I'm not going to help you much. It's the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, they love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um... I mean... I th- I think I'm not gonna say too much, but that one is well. I guess it's because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the only one of these movies I've seen. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow, I'm really fried. I'm just gonna give a bad answer, Lamb, because I was reading about it earlier today. Lamb is not it, and Lamb is not in the top twenty-five. So I'll say the final film, and then I'll do a recap for the listeners. The final film is Hostel. So. This is a film from 2022, and the seven related films are Terrifier, House of a Thousand Courses, Hatchet, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2002, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Original and Hostile. I want to point out for the record that I think it's very funny that all three Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes have technically different titles because the newest one doesn't have a the on it. And the original spells chainsaw as two separate words, so all of them have different titles. Really. <laughs> <laughs> they all have, they, they do all have differently spelled titles. <laughs> um, I'm because I can't remember if this was an answer before. I'm gonna guess orphan first kill. It is not orphan first kill. Orphan first kill is not in the top point five. Should I give you a hint that, in my opinion, reveals it? Yeah. So you keep assuming this is a movie I saw in theaters, but stuff from the first half of the year is on DVD now, and up for rental, and on streaming now. And this is the most popular film. Remember, this is the most popular film I'm giving you. I cannot think of horror movies that came out earlier this year. I'm I'm just no Where good. I guess? I'm going to guess Smile. Smile is not in the top 25. The film is T. West X. I have no idea what that film. is. The A24 horror movie that was really popular among film bros that I hated. It was called what? It's just X. Like, the whole title is just X. Oh, you mean Ty West? Oh, yeah. I, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's know. fine. I thought I thought you said the title was T. West X. And no, I thought I it was that, like, like I was the George the Lucas movie. Like, like T. West X. Yeah, I got you. I wouldn't have... Got, I'm does. sorry. I wouldn't have got it either way. I didn't mean... To, I thought... I thought it was like a remake of the George Lucas film. No. No, I want to. Are you for your next one? Are you Are you looking yes. at what this movie? Is I'm, yeah, I'm just <laughs> like, what What are you talking about? Oh, this I know what this is. I had no idea what it was called. This is the Mia Goth movie. Yeah. With all the that all the memes are based on. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was like, what are you talking about? But are you ready all for right. the next round? Yes. All right, so five movies. Although I think one of these might be a miniseries, so let me check to make see if it is a miniseries. This is not a miniseries. Yeah, one of these is a miniseries, a Netflix miniseries. Um, but I'll still say it to you. So the five films are Gone Girl, The Gift, the Joel Edgerton movie, not the Sam Raimi movie. Uh, the Invitation, the Karen Kusama movie, not the vampire movie from this year. Behind Her Eyes, and that's the Netflix miniseries that I've never heard of, and then Shutter Island. So, Gone Girl, The Gift, The Invitation, Behind Her Eyes, Shutter Island, without all my interruptions. It's funny, when I think of these movies, my brain, like, puts famous actors and actresses, honest, like, I, I on hope, movie posters and tries to I assign can, a title randomly. I hope I can get to the, um, the next movie on this list, because I'm really excited to say it, but I think you might get it before then because i don't think this is that hard you have so much faith in me oh well what a great compliment birdie called Catherine. Catherine called birdie absolutely not <laughs> no <laughs> sorry i don't care that it's gotten good reviews i'm sorry I, i'm not gonna watch no not, not not even on my like it's on my radar to avoid <laughs> sorry <Okay. laughs> sorry to the girls fans out there but no sorry <laughs> This is this is what I'm saying. It's like if I know about it, it's because it was blasted at me when I was trying to find something else on Amazon Prime. Was it Gloria, directed by John Cassavetes? It is not Gloria by John Cassavetes. It does not. It, yeah, Gloria is not in the top twenty-five. The year is twenty twenty-two. 
Have you already seen Wakanda Forever? Is that out yet? <laughs> Do you want to guess my Wakanda Forever? <laughs> you want to guess my Ever Wakanda Forever for being similar to Gone Girl the Gift, The Invitation, this bizarre Netflix miniseries, and Shutter Island? That you want to guess that? I have no idea what came out this year. I am so sorry. I think you know this movie, but do you want to guess Black Panther Wakanda Forever? <laughs> yeah, sure. To get another movie? <laughs> yes. No, it's not Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I've not seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're recording this three <laughs> days before there are any public screenings of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. But <laughs> oh. another reason I am laughing extremely hard at this is that <laughs> your next movie you get is WandaVision. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is, is you this know one, this movie. I know is you this know this one movie. Orphan First Kill? No, it's not Orphan First Kill. Orphan First Kill is not in the top 25. I will now say the last one, and then I will recap for the listeners. All right. The last film is The Woman in the Window, the Netflix movie of Amy Adams. So your seven films are, and this is a film from 2022, Gone Girl, The Gifts, the Joel Edgerton movie from 2015, The Invitation, the Karen Kusama film, Behind Her Eyes, the Netflix miniseries, Shutter Island, WandaVision, and The Woman in the Window. Is this Smile? No. It's not Smile. So it's not in the top 25. The hint I was going to give you, which I don't think is going to help much because you keep guessing it this way anyway, is that X was a movie I watched at home. This is a movie I watched in the theater. Also, in the past, aka in the last month or so, you have guessed this film in this game wrongly. So you have guessed this movie before. So I know you know this movie exists. That's why I'm like, you know this, I know you know this movie. You, <laughs> you know guessed it, exists. it wrong before. <laughs> well, I don't know where it went. I'm just here suffering. I will and... give you one last hint, because I'm upset now that you can't get this. Even this won't count as a positive you get it. You guessed very specifically on our Buzz Lightyear Star Command, The Adventure Begins, starring Tim Allen episode, when Joe was on to talk about bad oh, movies. Oh, was it Prey? No! It's Don't Worry Darling! Oh! <laughs> no! Okay. And Prey is supposed to be a good movie! Memphis <laughs> Nairos have watched it yet, but it's supposed to be good! <laughs> I don't know. Alright, are you ready for this last one? Yes. Hopefully you'll redeem yourself. Yeah. I do appreciate right. that you that you ask me to try. And that's, I was like, you'll that's definitely good. get this. Hmm? All right. I was like, you'll definitely get this. I was wrong. All right. You ready? Yes. All right. Films are Once Upon a Time in the West, 310 to Yuma, the remake from 2007, Tombstone, True Grit, the Conan Brothers one, and The Long Riders. Uh, Power of the Dog? No, it's not The Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog is not in the top 25. Was it The Old Tombstone? I'll tell you right now, I don't think there is an old tombstone because no, it's the Val Kilmer Letterboxd, movie. That's what I What? It's the Val what? Kilmer in Tombstone. I'm not accepting that as a guess cuz your three fil- your five films were as a reminder, once I'm grumpy about the don't worry darling, like you can tell. What do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> so your your just five films Westerns. were Your five films were Once Upon a Time in the West, 310 to Yuma 2007. Tombstone, the only tombstone that exists, which is about Gilmer movie. <laughs> True Grit, the Coen Brothers version, and the Long Rider. So please give me a different. I'm so guess. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> please give me a different 
second guess because I do not accept Tombstone. You get a, you gonna have to re-enter your guess. I'm sorry. Do you see where I am right now? Uh, um. I just imagine you know gaming systems like, well, I don't know, so I'm just gonna guess the movie she said so I can get to the well, other no. Like because here's my thought about this game is that like the first five movies are really like it's just totally up in the air. Like, if you can pick a few things that are similar, then I spend... So the exact same movie. Got it. Got well, it. then <laughs> I spend that time thinking of, like, things that have that quality. So there's a chance I miss the I ones say, at the end. I will say right now that um, I will also not accept the original 310 to Yuma, and I will not accept the original Shugret, because I don't accept... Because you know those would be removed. So I won't accept those if you guess them. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'll be like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> 22 Western. And again, all... All three of these movies that I picked today have over a hundred thousand views on Letterboxd, so these are not obscure movies. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I mean, name a western. Just name uh, a western. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. All right. Finally, a fair guess. Not in the top twenty-five, <laughs> but I guess I will accept. The year this film came out is two thousand seven. Oh, thank God! <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry that I. I guess Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> so the year is uh, 2007. There will be blood. It's not there will be blood. There will be blood is not in the top 25. The next film you get is Unforgiven. Mm, okay, I might be a year off, but No Country for Old Men? So No Country for Old Men is in the top 25, but it is not the film. And No Country for Old Men is 2007. So... Mm-hmm. So well, that's the thing, I will like, say the final film, and then I will. Oh, were you gonna say something? No, I was just. I'm just gonna say. Well, now we're talking about 2007. I know those movies. So, I will say the last film. Then I'll do a full recap. Okay. Yes. The last film is White Earp. So. Damn, I was gonna guess White Earp. Were, well, okay. Thank God. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I still, maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're um. Sorry, your seven films were Once Upon a Time in the West. 310 to Yuma. This is from 2007. I think 310 to Yuma is from 2007 too, is it? Yeah, it is. All right. All right. So it's a film from 2007. Um, and the options were Once Upon a Time in the West, 310 to Yuma, Tombstone, the Val Kilmer one, which is the only one. <laughs> the Coen Brothers True Grit remake, which, by the way, made No Country for All Men a dumb guess. Um, the Long Riders, Unforgiven, White Earp, and then No Country for All Men is in the top 25 as well. I'm so sorry. I'm an embarrassment. We're recording you this really on are. Daylight this is a, Savings this Day. This is the one I, I assumed you would have got. This do is one I, this. I thought I thought we might have talked about this. Maybe we didn't. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. This is a movie that's very long. About as long as Cloud Atlas. It is The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Oh. Yeah. Literally I... the one Western from that year you did not cast. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I think... Maybe that exists in my mind as an earlier film, but yeah. What do you, what did you think of that movie? I really liked it. it was really, I watched it the day um the Brad Pitt stuff started really blowing up, and then I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad about watching this because <laughs> um you know well we don't need to get into it now, but there's a lot of articles that are pretty well researched about Brad Pitt in the middle of his divorce stuff. A lot of. I'm sure you've listened to this week's oh. Club, Mark. You would have heard Sarah probably refer to it because we talked about it briefly. 
um because of babylon coming out soon oh yeah but, well i i'm actually i'm halfway through the snub club episode too no oh. so all right it's a good one i think <laughs> we definitely have really, we we get feisty about it I should have mentioned this one in the because talk about Sam Rockwell's racist roles and Sam Rockwell does play racist in this movie too, uh, <laughs> but and then you know Casey Affleck's in it too and Andrew Dominic is I say being canceled for making a bad movie but it's also because he says dumb things in his interviews about blonde. <laughs> so the greatest issue is well I shouldn't say putting people in front of the camera because like if you if you are full of nonsense then maybe you should like you know not be full of nonsense but it it is it is kind of funny that he like didn't make a film for 10 years or however long and now he's back and they're they're like all right let's send him out there guys let's see what happens <laughs> all right all right well Horro- oh, you, what a uh, horrible night <laughs> can you can you make me play the game of list so we can talk about this all right mm. so classic internet list List of movies with most uses of the word fuck. Great. Surely you're familiar. Yeah, I mean, I watched The Full Wall Street last night. All right, so we'll start with that one, actually. Before The Wolf of Wall Street became Scorsese's movie with the most uses of the word fuck, which was the one uh, before it? Goodfellas. Wrong. Casino. Goodfellas is pretty far down the list. Casino is right up there with uh, Wolf of Wall Street. What's the Spike Lee movie with the most uses of the word fuck? Uh, I'll go Crooklyn, even though I haven't seen it. Crooklyn is like a family movie. Um, it's actually, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, it's, it's the summer of Sam. I haven't seen it either. And okay. last question. Which Kevin Smith movie has the most uses of the word fuck? Clerks 2. It's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Well, I try to ignore Kevin Smith's existence, so... I really? feel always bad that my game, like... Goes on so long, and then if you I'm like, this person, no. All right. <laughs> like, you know. I don't know. That's kind of my whole, that's my whole deal is I'm like, get the, get some, get some facts out there. Get it done. Um, right. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just like, what's your beef with Kevin Smith? Have you told me this already? Do you want it. this public? I no, I mean, I don't care. I don't really have a beef with him. I just think his movies are left in the 90s and like. Clerks and Clerks too have their merits, but every, every I mean, I guess I've only ever seen Chase the Gaming besides. So I just don't like his writing style. It's just not for me. I like him for the same reason that I air quotes like Orson Scott Card books, because he's one of the few people that writes about religion specifically. I just don't like. Okay. <laughs> I don't have. My, I'm sorry. I don't have much to say about Cohen Smith. It's like I've literally seen Clerks one and two, which. Clark's one, I can respect the historical nature of it, but not really enjoy it. And Clark's two, I think, is like, yeah, this is probably like the ideal Kevin Smith movie to me, where I'm not, I'm gonna have a decent time watching, get offended somewhat, but not too much, and then not think about it again. And then I think Chasing Amy's bad, but I haven't seen Chasing Amy since college. So you should watch Dogma. Well, Dogma, uh, good luck finding it legally. So really, how did, yeah, it's how really did, hard how, to find. How did I watch Dogma? Real question is, how did we watch this? We really had to dig. For the movie we're talking about today. Alright, so we watched today Boys Night Out, which is... I should not cover my mouth when I'm announcing what we watch. Um, (laughs) We watched Boys Night Out, which is a Teddy Newton short. I don't... It's really hard to find information on this short. I assume it's a student project. I don't Um, think this is... 
It's a. It's very. This is I think like the animation's indie, really I think. smooth on. Yeah, yeah. The animation's pretty good in it, actually. We Teddy Newton, for listeners who might not know, directed Day or Day and Night, which becomes an Oscar-winning short down the road. <laughs> I gotta say, this explains to me something about Day and Night that I've always blamed on someone else in Pixar, but I guess I can now blame on Teddy Newton. But if you watch the short, you're probably gonna recognize Teddy Newton more by his voice. Because Teddy Newton is someone who does a lot of scratch voices at Pixar. I'd have to open up his filmography to give you every one he's done, but the one that stands out to me is he plays the telephone in Toy Story 3. And he uses the same voice in this for the stepdad. Oh my gosh, I thought he was familiar, but I didn't know if they just got someone. No, it's the Chatter Tele... He voices the Chatter Telephone in Toy Story 3. Um, mm. Then there's another director in this, too. I believe, the other director of this, I believe, also works for Pixar. His name is Burt Klein. I'd have to look up what he does for Pixar, because he's he's not why we watch this. We watch this because of Teddy Newton's involvement. Should I say what this short is about? Yeah, um, yeah. I am um, so baffled that we're watching this film that we know nothing about. <laughs> the director only has one other connection to all of these other movies. Well, no, he's in Toy Story. He plays, he plays a role in Toy Story. And, um, yeah, he voices, uh, you want to his other voices? He also voices the security system in Wally. I mean, <laughs> he voices here... a character named Talon in, um, Ratatouille. Actually, fun fact, he voices the telephone in the, in- Mr. The Incredibles teaser trailer. <laughs> here's here's so what he, i think is interesting about Teddy Newton is that he did the duck and cover sequence in the Iron Giant. Oh, yeah, and then that makes sense, too. I think the art style is very similar. Have we this, talked about right this short now. film? Do we know what it's well, about? Well, wait, wait, wait. I want to say a couple other things about Teddy Newton before we get into this. Teddy Newton, and this will be evident, uh, has written and storyboarded an episode of Dexter's Lab. Um, I think that's very evident in the art style. Uh, I think this is more interesting. I think he uh, he says he did inspirational boards and helped story develop The Stinky Cheese Man and other fairly stupid tales like the children's book. You've read The Stinky Cheese Man, right? No, I had no idea what, what that was. You haven't read the Stinky Cheese? It's a classic. It's a children's book that's very wacky, where it's like, it's the gingerbread man, but it's about a stinky cheese man who no one wants to eat because he's sticky with stinky cheese. <laughs> mm. He apparently also co-wrote a feature film, but we are not going to bother dragging it down. <laughs> What's the name of it? It's not animate. It's called The Trouble with Lou. It's live oh. action. He... Got nominated for an Annie Award for this film, Boys Night Out. So I guess it was a film that was, and maybe it was on Adult Swim. I don't, I have no idea. Again, this film is like impossible to find information on, but it was nominated for an Annie Award for Outstanding Achievement in an Animated Short. All right, now we can see what Boys Night Out is about. Boys Night Out, for the listeners who are unaware, this you can find this on YouTube in 240p. It's <laughs> the highest quality you can find. The 720p copy is cut down from the actual thing, and it is the exact same resolution. Boys Night Out is about a boy named Lindbergh. Mom has to go to Bible study, and Stepdad has to take care of him for the night. But Stepdad has plans to go to the strip club, and it's just about taking a 12-year-old boy to the strip club. And hijinks ensue. (sighs) Hijinks. Is is it hijinks? It's just... I think so. I actually found a lot... Sexy women appear... Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is like, it's like strippers and, and they're like dancing and it's like the sexiness of all of that. And that's like, obju- that's like half of it. I don't know. I found, I, I actually have for like. The record, I want to have for the record, I was very uncomfortable watching this and I did not like it. I, I'm willing to talk about it, obviously. And there's definitely things related to stuff in this that we can talk about in regards to strip clubs and, you know, all that jazz. But 
I mean, we could talk about all that jazz. All that, no, there's no. Oh, uh, finally, the all that jazz episode. <laughs> You've been, but, uh, been wanting to do it for so long. I do think it's well animated. I just was uncomfortable while watching it for a lot of reasons. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I was like, that's. I met. I again because I said this earlier in the episode. Like I messaged you, like five hours ago. Like, is this really the the film that you wanted us to watch today? <laughs> We gotta, we gotta follow. You the had no idea what this was. It's I was like, "Oh, like, Boys Night Out. It's adult. Okay, whatever." Like, yeah. I, okay, I, I kind of guessed it might be about strippers. I didn't think it'd be about taking a child to a strip club. You know, I thought it was like going to a strip club and maybe like the strippers, like you know, maybe they get in a war with the strippers and like comedic stuff happens. I didn't know it'd like literally be like we're we're taking an underage kid to the strip club and yeah. he's going to be basically sexually harassed most of the short. By these strippers who don't know that he's a child. And I'm like, eh, no, not for me. And then we get this weird gag with the priest where it's like, please don't tell your ma. And I'm just like, and that one also is like, okay, great. So like, this is a world where like, this person's mom is like in charge of all, like, that's the gender politics. Cause it's like, the women are either, the women are in charge, which like, and then it's not like, like, how dare the women be in charge? But you know, it's like the ma, and at the end of the short twists it a bit. But it's like, oh, everyone here is afraid of this person's mom. You know, it, I, I just hate those type of, like, things in shorts. Where it, like, not in shorts, in animation where it's like, oh, the mom's a killjoy. And everyone in town's afraid of this person's mom. And again, the ending kind of turns it on its head. But it's also like, eh, this kid. Well, the, I think the, it, it's complicated <laughs> by the fact that that's, like, a joke at the end. Spoilers yeah, the for kid. this four-minute short that no one will ever watch. The mom is one of the strippers. <laughs> no, it's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the mom's mom a stripper, and she goes, she goes, tell, tell your father, and then the kid wraps himself up in a straitjacket, and that's the end. And honestly, I, 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 I get it. And again, the whole thing that the joke is like, I, I, I guess it's one of those things. Where, like, some things are funny to people, some people aren't. To me, you endanger a child, you traumatize a child. That's not going to be funny no matter what. Like, sorry, like it just isn't to me. I, I just appreciated like adult bits. It's rare to find yourself in a situation where you have to. You're a Pixar podcast and you watch this. Well, I just, I don't know, in my, like, very limited adult animation exposure, like, how how often do I hear about all the jokes that you can make about, like, sneaking a kid into a strip club? Like, I think, I think... Because most of them don't get distribution. Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think the joke about him, his, like, they call him Admiral Franklin because he uses a hundred dollar bill as his ID card. I think that's a good joke. It's like, yeah. all right, all right, man. I mean, I do think this is very well animated. I think there's craft here. I just am incredibly uncomfortable with the premise of the short. <laughs> and it does not... If I laugh at it, it's uncomfortable laughter. I'm like, oh my god. I, like, it's like the... the Since we're, this is the explicit episode, like, you know, the gif of uh, Julie Louis Drive is going, what the fuck? It's, that's, what, that's what this <laughs> whole thing feels like to me. That was my face doing this. I also think it's like... There are just some creative moments in this man. He ages the kid by taking off his sock and then putting it over the kid, and then the sock becomes a leather jacket. Yeah. This is things I haven't seen before. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, again, the art style is very um, Dexter's Lab to me. And I know that's kind of like what it is in the duck and cover thing, or even in Day and Night with the like 2D parts. But here it feels really like fully developed. Like, in a sense, the other two... Like, it's given the budget it needs to, like, mm-hmm. really be smooth and be kind of cool. Like, I don't know. Is Art Deco the right word for this? You know what I mean? Like, because Dexter's no. Lag has a very distinct style. And even more yeah. so than, like, comparing it to other Jendi Tart- Tartakovsky films or shows. 
I think it has a very distinct, like, work to it that feels very 50s. Very, like... And again, that kind of goes back to the cover. But, like, it feels very kind of instruction manual type of thing, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah, I'm trying to or remember like, what the name of that catalog ads. I think it's really interesting to see something like this because you often hear about the Disney porn that gets around. And you and always wonder, like... Like, yeah, like what what would these people with this distinct art style or whatever their unique art style well what would that look like if they were to since make I brought porn? Up Dexter's you know? lab. Have you ever seen the um the band episode of Dexter's Lab? I've never lab seen Dexter's Lab. Design. Bro, you should watch the band episode. It's actually, you know, it's a bit overhyped. Because the thing was, it was this piece of lost media, right? <laughs> that everyone assumed was gone. And then it just popped up on YouTube one day uncensored which was shocking that that was a shocking part of that like the whole because the idea was it was like you know you've watched spongebob or you've watched arthur Mm. and every like cartoon in like the 2000s has an episode where they play with the bleep right um like you don't well like because has one where it's like he goes like how are you you know like George, my yeah. impression. That's the only time I'll ever do it. <laughs> I, I did not like doing it. Uh, yeah, I know what you um, mean. Well, there's an episode of Dexter that was banned called Dexter's Rude Removal because the animators and the, the production company was like, because I was like early on in Cartoon Network where they did not have a lot of oversight. They're like, well, let's just record the dialogue with the swears and we'll bleep them out like naturally and then we'll animate with the swears and we'll just put the bleeps in and like Cartoon Network saw it it's like no because you can tell what they're saying oh. like you can say it, tell, tell what they're saying and the episode was considered lost and like Jendi Tarkovsky has talked about it multiple times since then but then it like I think when I was in college like it just popped up on YouTube one day like someone found it and uploaded it and it's crazy because like it it's legit Dexter and Dee Dee swear in the entire episode insanely because <laughs> the idea it's called Dexter's removal because the idea is is like he's like I'm going to remove I can't do a Dexter voice I'm sorry I am going to remove Dee Dee's rudeness so that way I so that way she gets in trouble with mom but then he accidentally gets his rudeness removed not as like her filter like he's gonna remove her filter so mm. then he actually gets his filter removed too. So it's just them swearing the entire time. It's literally oh. just them swearing the whole episode. And at the end, they like get. And you can tell it's like it's like the band Tiny Tunes episode. Have you seen the band? Uh, the band Tiny Tunes episode, I think, is hysterical, even though no one else does. No. Um, that one's called One Beer. Where okay, so Tiny Tunes is like a show where there's three. Um, it's so fun to talk about band cartoon episodes, but well, unless it's like the. But the postcards from Buster one where it got banned because Buster Metal lesbian. Those are kind of lame to get banned. But That's these a good are take, Danny. <laughs> but I, I, just wanted, I, wanted, I want some more Buster. I want some more Buster and his right to meet gay people in 2004, okay? I think that was cool. Yes. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, the band episode of Tiny Tunes is, like, the whole episode's a parody of, like, very special episodes. And so the first two segments, I don't even remember what they're about, because they're not the reason the episode that was banned. The one beer episode is, it's Plucky, but ba- I think it's Baxter Bunny. Do you remember the name of the bunny in, uh... I never watched uh, Tiny, Tiny Tunes. Tunes. I'm gonna look up these character names. I think it's I think you Plucky had cable. is... Well, I didn't have cable either. Tiny Tunes was on, um, uh, WB. Buster Bunny. 
Hampton. Hampton Hampton J. Pig is the name of the pig. So Plucky, Hampton, and Buster. They're all hanging out playing video games. And they're like, and Plucky goes, and they're all, I think they're at, um, I think they're at Buster's house. It doesn't matter. And Plucky's just like, hey, Buster, you got anything to drink? Like what? Like water? Like you got any water around here? And he's like, yeah, there should be some bottles in the fridge. And then Hampton goes to get it. And he goes, I no, I think Plucky goes to get it. No, I, well, I don't know who goes to get it. It doesn't matter who goes to get it. But one of them goes, whoa, look, a cold one. And like, there's a very dramatic zoom in on this beer, one one can of beer, <laughs> and they all take a single sip of it. They're like, one sip can't hurt. And they all take one sip, and they get insanely. <laughs> they're really addicted to it. Insanely drunk, and like, it aired once, and then like, you know, the oversight people see it, and they're like, you literally just made like, it's so obvious. They only made the episode so they can make these underage kids drink. Like, it's very, like, it's like, it'd be like, wouldn't it be fun just to do an episode where these kids get drunk? Because there's no, there's no lesson in it. You know, it's just like, oh man, we definitely should. And at the end, they die. Like, that is the end of the episode. It's like, they drop, they, they hijack a car, even though they're children, and they, they drive it off a cliff and they die. And then it's them in the studio recording the episode and they go, Hey guys, that was a fun one. We should do more episodes like that. And that's it. I get why that was banned. <laughs> well, yeah, no, all these are banned for legit, like for real reasons. But anyway, that's this reminded me of the Dexter episode with the swearing, even though there is no swearing in this, as far as I remember. No, there's no swearing. It's just like it's it's very soft core. I think like it's meant to be titillating. There's a child there. Not well, yeah, not for the child, for the... They're traumatized. Like, it's, it's, it's just a traumatic a very, experience. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen Moral Oral? No. I should, though. The vibe is different, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think the purpose is different, but it's the same thing where, like, a kid gets into really fucked up situations. I think a key difference... Maybe I'm wrong with Moral Oral, but I think... Man, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think a key difference here where I'm bothered here compared to other, like, things with, like... So, like are not like adult animation where like kids are involved or even like a movie like good boys okay i guess good boys isn't an example because the, the thing i'm about to say only works in animation is that i feel like normally when you see something like this that's over the top we don't have someone that sounds like an actual child voicing the kid mm. you know um and maybe this is like maybe this is like a tara strong situation where it's just an adult woman but it does sound like a legit kid to me and i'm just like so you had this kid in the booth, and I granted, I don't really think there's like the lines out of context probably don't mean anything to that kid. But then it's like, all right, can I see it? And then they're like, no. And then you know, eventually this kid's gonna see this at some point in his life, and it's just like, what? I was in that. And maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be lucky, and he'll see it when he's like sixteen. And he's like, <laughs> you know, he's beavis and butthead suddenly. After he becomes beavis and butthead. Yeah, maybe he grows up to be beavis and butthead, and he thinks it's hilarious. But uh, like. <laughs> I can see, like, not discovering until you're, like, 25 and being like, what? Why did my parents let me be in this, you know? And Yeah, yeah well, I know what you mean, but I I don't know. He seemed kind of articulate to me. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, got it. I don't know. He, I just voice didn't, he didn't sound that young. Um, but I now, don't know. Do we want to talk about, do we want talk about our night out? Is this the time we're talking about our night out? Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess. We have if, to yeah, everyone's, it. like, a really depressing story. Um, was this like the week of before my birthday? I don't think it was for anyone's birthday. It just just happened. All right. So I, if I remember right, we went with a friend of ours the last week 
they were um in Carbondale because we spent my well okay it was your summer in between junior and senior year, my summer after senior year um we we all spent the summer in Carbondale and this friend visited us in Carbondale and we were like you know none of us have been to a strip club so let's go <laughs> I think that's basically how it went wasn't it no it's not I know it was something it's... what well then how do you remember going we had another friend pass away very suddenly oh and then the night of the three of us this is why i'm like was it that night yes it was that night yes oh my god so i mean sorry now i'm in shock i'm like what no no no. this is this this is this is literally like i don't think it was i think i think no I'm, i'm telling you it was because this is what happened because we all so, like, we had a mutual friend who passed away very suddenly, and then the three of us got in a car and were just, like, driving around to try and, like, be around each other and just, like, hang out. And that's when we passed by that strip club. And then later later on, we were all like, yes. man, it's so weird if we never go to this strip club because no, it was, no, no. like... No, you're, you're correct. That is where it starts. You're correct. But we did not go that night. That's what I was like. No, we did not go we that no, night. No, we didn't go that night. But you <laughs> can't... You're, you're not, I, I don't think it's... It's not well. The way you made it sound initially was like, no, we. Don't. It was like it, was, it started before then. I was like, we did not go before then. But then, yeah, you're no, right, you're did, but right. it we didn't just come out of nowhere. Right. We weren't just you're like, right. hey, yeah, you know what we think would be a really fun time is going to this strip oh, think, club, and then I we went to this shady me, some one. Of my, some of my motive in it though was also like, at least for me, it was like, you know, I've never been to a strip club. Um, who knows when I'll ever go to a strip club? Who knows when I ever want to go to a strip club? But this is something I've never done. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to go to and like see what it's like. Not 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 cool to go and see what it's like, but like you know, like say I've done. It, you know, like I don't know if that makes sense because a strip club is a strip club. But I think that like that type of you know that was like what five years ago now, four years ago now. So it's yeah. like yeah, that I was mean, my, a bit of my attitude toward it was like yeah, I can go to a strip club and say I went. I mean. I don't know. It's funny that you think of it that way as like going to a strip club to have that experience because I feel that way. Well, but it was also like it was so randomly a product of like trauma. See, so. to me, I don't even think about the, it's weird. I don't think about the trauma aspect. I just think about I, I remember. I mean, obviously, I remember that entire situation. I remember that situation for different reasons that I'm sure. Well, I don't want to bring it up now. I, maybe at some point you'll bring it up and I, we can talk about it because it's more your thing than my thing. Um, but um, I think about the strip club, to go back to the strip club, um, I think about being there and I don't, I don't want to throw you under the bus, even though it's going to sound like I am, but yeah, I remember you, like, bus. I remember, I remember you, like, going up close and, like, putting money in and stuff, and I, I was just like, I'm kind of scared of this whole, like, situation. Yeah, like, no, I went I'll in be, and I was like, I'll... this situation is, like... And I think our mutual friend, I think we hung out together and we're like, we can let Mark do this. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because like... This is enough for us because we're freaking out. We're kind of like, this is a little weird. Like, well, I don't know. I don't... I just felt like, well, we're here. It seems like, when am I ever going to do this again? Like, of course you want to like go and give the women money because why are you like coming in here and like ordering drinks and then like... You're not you're not buying anything, you know. 
I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say something where I'm like, I don't know if we want to talk about this. Um, and it's not. It's, it's just the. Uh, I'll just say it, and then you can cut the episode out. <laughs> cut out the episode if it's like crazy for me to say. But like, I think I was just worried like I'd have a boner. <laughs> I didn't want to like be in that situation. <laughs> I think that was where I was like, I don't. Want, I don't want to get involved here and like you know something weird happened that I'm out of my control. No, that's I why mean, I, it's I stated like, it back. That's fine. It's. I also like, think like to to me. The, the analogy that comes to mind is, like, we all kind of jumped in the deep end when we went in the, the strip club. And then it's like, we're here, let's hold on to the walls. And you're like, nah, I came here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just realized what I'm about to say. I'm just going to say it. I swear it's not meant to be the joke it sounds like. But it's like, we're, we're both like, let's stay on the walls. And you're just like, nah, I came here to get wet. <laughs> sorry i'm sorry no i mean <laughs> well, i but you know what i'm saying like the analogy makes sense even about the double entendre yeah i know what you're, i did, I did not mean. i did not attempt the double entendre to shit i'm like oh wait i just kind of that's such a much younger experience well that's the thing too is like like even like a year later like let's say when i visited you in new york in 2020 right can you imagine us even do it, like being like, "Hey, let's go to a strip club"? No, we would yes, never done that. Yes, I would because now I work sometimes at like a burlesque bar, and it's my favorite place, and I would absolutely take you there. Well, but, but I think that's part well, of that's that's why that's I'm different so... though. I guess it's more like we went to gawk in a sense, you know, we went to like have the experience. Going, to, I feel like saying we went to gawk is maybe being a bit too hard on our past selves, but like we did go to say. Ah, uh, yep, here we are, like, at a strip club. And it was like, oh, wow. And then it, the thing also that, like, I don't know. The thing about that strip club in particular is that it just felt kind of sad. Like, the, I don't want to be like, I'm not shaming anyone. But it's like, clientele were mostly, like, older men that were alone. And I'm just like, this kind of just bums me out. Yeah, I really don't know what to, like, make of that whole thing. And I think, I don't know, it's not like it was a big deal. But it all just kind of happened randomly. And what I remember is that... The vibes were off the whole deal. Like, you and our mutual friend were not digging it. And there weren't a lot of people there, which I think was part of the weirdness. Is like you said, it yeah, was Yeah, because we kept on being like asked. We kept three or four we dudes. We kept being asked, like, do you want anyone? And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I remember when we spent there, like, we were, like, maybe 20 minutes there. We left pretty quickly. And yeah. I think we just went to levels. Yeah, I didn't have, I, I mean, it's, you know, kind of, you have what you have. We didn't have, like, cool friends who were, like, the connect or anything I mean, like that. cool friends go to strip clubs in Carbondale, Illinois? I don't know. Did we have cool friends in Carbondale, Illinois? Of course we did. We One of them. Did. We've had, what, well, we've had I should, I should say. Podcast, what, I feel like. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm saying we did. I'm saying we did, but I'm saying that they created a show in their own house, so we didn't have to go anywhere. But uh, excuse me, like... they created a show in my house. <laughs> 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 well, yes. We to talk about that. I, I always say our Coke Ups is going to be the most stuffed one, but I think I'm going to have to talk about that house. That'll come up. I mean, episode. that'll come up later on. Well, is, I, I don't want to. I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell other people's stories. Well, the, I just know the Coco thing. I'll just say now. I remember the time I hosted. One thing I did was I just went on stage like, does anyone want to see Coco with me? I just want to see a new Pixar movie, and I can't find anyone to go with me. <laughs> and like, it was just dead <laughs> silent. I was like, how dare you? I just walked off stage angry. All right. We're talking about it's not underground, but like it might as well be underground comedy show that happened. Maybe we, if we get permission, we'll... It's just 
a story I'd rather tell with the person that put it on. I mean, yeah, we can tell with the person who's on, but also, like, I think if being in my house gives me gives me enough to, I can say whatever I want about it. You I mean, know? about your house, <laughs> To yeah. me, it's not a taboo. It's not it's not a taboo subject for me. For you, yes, I can see why you might be like, I don't want to talk about it. But for whatever. Me, like, Let's go back house. to the other story with the strip I mean, club. I wasn't at the whole story. We went to the strip club. We looked around. You sat down up front. Me and our mutual friend kind of sat to the side. And then... You, I think you gave like a twenty or something. I don't know what you gave. I guess well, you I mean, I just like I don't really know. I still don't really know how this worked. But it was basically like <laughs> you just gave some amount and then you got like a lap dance and that was it. I'm sure I've I've joined the ranks of billions of people and it's not a very interesting tale. But I just felt weird because I like you can't just you can't just go in and then like check it out and then be like leave. It's like when am I gonna be back here again? And it was yeah, just like, like well, But I think it was something where like all three of us when we left were like, yeah, let's never go back. That was that was bizarre. Let's not do that again. We tried it. We're done. But I, I don't <laughs> know. know. I feel like I feel like I don't want to never go back to a strip club because I feel like you could go back to a fun one or anything like that. That's kind of where I thought this story was coming from was that like. I mean, I, I, I guess my experience is only the Carbondale one. I, yeah. I, as you said, I, don't, I guess I wouldn't mind going to a burlesque show. But I don't think that's really a strip club, is it? To my mind, burlesque is not the same as like the strip club we went to. So that's no, something I don't. To me, that's I know, a totally I don't think vibe. it is. But it's. I just no. I'm. I, but I mean, even even then, like the vibes were off. Yeah. Um, and did you get like eight dollar cokes or something? Yeah. Wasn't I think there might have been were there rum in them or just plain old coke? I think there might have just been plain old cokes. Yeah, because we were all driving too, so you just got normal cokes. Well, no, no. I think what one, one of us was driving. One of us was driving. I think this was at the time also, Mark. You weren't drinking at all, so I think you were probably driving, and then me oh, and my yeah. friend probably had drinks. Man, I was really, I was really having, I was in charge of that night. You know, I was like the dad in this. <laughs> I was like, come out, everyone. But I, that's yeah. not what it went because I feel like I don't know. I hope I didn't instigate that and then it ended up being a terrible night. I don't know. Right now, I feel like we're like edging towards like talking about real shit. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know if we want to talk about like, why did you bring it up? Because you forgot that it was connected to real shit. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not even referring to the stuff of our mutual, not not our mutual friend, the mutual friend who passed away. I'm referring to the stuff surrounding it, um, which was probably the realest time of our relationship. Um, But I also think there's probably going to be a time where that actually comes up and I want. Again, I think that whole thing, I feel like right now, me even talking around it is like me trying tempting you into it. I don't want to do that. You I know? don't actually know. What, what, what are you talking about? Because I don't actually know, and it might be interesting, so let's just talk about it now. Um, I'm referring to the time that you were on watch, and I was on watch with you. Oh my god, is this the episode? Your, okay. uh, yeah, this is a... I mean, I didn't want to bring it up because it's your thing, and also I'm sure... You might bring this up on your own. Like, I mean, we don't need to talk about it now. I don't. I don't think this needs to be that episode. So you if really, if you, unless you want it to be, because I think it's something where it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when it will come up again, but I'm sure it will because it's a very serious story. And I don't. I don't really. Th- I don't. I mean, I'll leave it to you. Do you want to have it in this episode, or do you want to save it for one where we're not going to have it be marked off by explicit, or we're at a time where it's not connected to the story about strippers. It's your it's your story. It's not mine. I, feel I don't like. know when it would come up again. I just like I'm honestly more I'm more I'm more embarrassed that I had an awkward time at a strip club than the rest of that stuff. But I mean, I don't really know how that connects to the thing. But I mean, now now that we're talking about it, I guess it's like 
a little little coda to this episode where we have like life updates about like but like not life updates but like yeah um uh well, that must have been yeah that was the junior to senior year um oh i remember because it was around the time a quiet place came out because the end of the story is we went to see a quiet place <laughs> we did not we <laughs> yes we did i thought we saw annabelle no that's a different time annabelle came out in august it was a quiet place it was definitely a quiet place because I remember being on edge from my adrenaline was still rushing from earlier in the day. Oh, okay. So I'm glad I could really amp up the quiet place experience for you. I mean, I think a quiet. I think we both didn't like a quiet place. Yeah. It'd be really funny if now we just cut it off. <laughs> We're like, all right. <laughs> so that's like, that's like well, you know, we saw a quiet place. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was um, around that time. I. It's, this would be for like the seven people who are your friends who are listening to this show. Um, uh, but like around that time, I got out of uh, like my first relationship that I was in. And it was, I mean, it was it was like a big deal for me. And it was just, I don't know, super affecting. And then around that same time, our friend died. Um, and so I, I became like extremely depressed. And there was one night when I... I called the suicide hotline and then I was like on watch because you are for, I, I mean, not like formally or whatever, but I guess, like I guess you're like, you're like informally, yeah. everyone is, is paying more attention to you, um, for that reason afterward. And I guess, I don't know how it like got to the stripper thing. I guess it's mostly because like once I started antidepressants, I wasn't drinking, yeah, that's um, where this comes in. Is that like yeah, you, that's you how it's connected. At the but the part where you come in is, of course, that was well, like. Well, 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 I'll get to that. I want to give you. I don't know if you have this perspective or not, because obviously I didn't tell you at the time. Um, at the time, Mark got a hotel in the in the town because he needed space. But of my own volition too. But I had multiple people including your ex at the time, telling me that I needed... I, I was going to be there for you anyway, to be clear. <laughs> like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be like, they were telling me to do it, so I did it. <laughs> That's the only reason I went. No. Um, where they're like, you need to be there for him because, like, obviously he doesn't want me there right now. And then other people were like, no, you need to be there. But then also they, like, prime me for information. I'm like, you just... I'd be like, you just need to give him space. Like, do not talk to him. Like, just give him space, you know? Mm-hmm. And there were other people, too, um, that if I said the names, you would know them, but... Also, we're recording a podcast right now, so I'm not going to tell you the names of these people anyway. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> um, but anyway, this this story for me is that um, I think, I don't know if we were planning on seeing A Quiet Place, or I think it was we were going to run monologues together or something. Or maybe I was looking for like an assignment help or something. Or I think you just asked me to call you at a certain time. And I called you. And you didn't answer. And then I called a couple more times. You didn't answer. And then I immediately like got up, went to my car, and started like driving really fast to the hotel room. And you called me like five minutes later, like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I fell asleep and my phone was off. My phone was off." I was like, "Dude, like you're on watch. You can't not have your phone on." Oh yeah. <laughs> and then like I still, you know, I was already on my way there, so I still drove there. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, I was like, "Yeah." And I think yeah. we saw Quiet Place right right after that. Yeah, I'm sure. But I, I, I always remember. Yeah. I always remember you saying to me afterwards something where it was like, 
Dude, like the fact that I, like you, I don't know if you if you remember saying this to me or not, but you're like the fact that you said that to me, like the fact that you were ready to deal with real shit and like drove there, like I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth if I misquote you. So it's like, but uh, you were like, damn man, <laughs> I remember like think, I remember. Well, I, re- I like, kind right. of remember that. I think about that actually fairly often. I think that was one of like the most meaningful things that anyone has ever like done for me. Um because <laughs> yeah 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 i mean I'm, I'm trying to tell the story about crying honestly it's just really weird that i'm the one cry, uh, about to cry during this no i mean it's on. fine i'm i i was talking about i guess about Kilmer's tombstone earlier i'm really in a different headspace right now um no but i mean that's 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 that was like a huge moment and a huge moment in my life and just one of the most meaningful things that anyone has ever done for me and i'm sure i've told you and it's like yeah yeah so yeah and i think yeah well i'm trying to think was was that like before or after we had our road trip that was after our, okay. our road trip was in spring break that year and i don't want to bring him the road trip now the road trip is a separate episode we can talk about the road trip another time oh yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah the road trip is uh the road trip was our spring, and someday I will tell the Toby story on this podcast that I tell every. I tell the kids the Toby story sometimes. What's the Toby story? Well, I'm not gonna tell you now because we're saving the, the trip for another episode. Okay. We've already you've already given too much like backstory unrelated to. This yeah, this short is really this like. This is like the backstory. The, the, the episode that you see explicit, a short that doesn't matter. <laughs> the trip is gonna be like make. This trip is gonna be like. Just so you know, this is canonically probably one of the most important episodes of our show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to, yeah, if you want to tie it back to this and not just like, uh, I feel, I feel like that is, I don't know. It's just like it. It, it was. It, it just. It was very powerful to share that experience with someone. So I should be nodding my head. This is a podcast, so I'll say yeah. <laughs> hmm? But no, no, yeah. I was nodding my head, and then I was like, yeah. Oh, I guess I should say it out loud instead of just nodding my head. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think that's like one of the, like, as I said, when we're watching a quiet place, I feel like I was still. I feel like I felt that adrenaline like the rest of the week of like, but, oh my god, <laughs> like, like. That's so um, funny that we watched a quiet place. You know what I actually I don't think have? It was, I don't think it was. I think it was like you did because I remember it was like around noon. Um, because I think your alarm was set for noon, and I like called around eleven fifty, and you weren't like mm. you know answering. So then I was like, oh, all right, I'm just gonna go. And around like twelve oh one or twelve oh two, you called. I don't know why. I, I don't think I remember, those are the exact times. So then I think we went to like see a quiet place around two. So it was like mm. we ate some food and then we saw a quiet place. That's so we were done. I was done with finals for the day. I don't think you had finals that day. Was the thing. So I was like, yeah. You know what is actually... Because I think this if this is the episode, it, it might as well be the episode. But you know what I never actually have never told anyone that is a movie-related thing? Is when I was in, like, the worst place, whatever, what night it was, I, I wanted so badly <laughs> to watch Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> and I don't know if I will ever, like, meet anyone to like share this with related to kung fu panda but that was it it was it was like i want to watch something 
that well, I guarantee will make will put me in a good mood or just be like fluffy reliable fun I, and it was kung fu panda I think um this is just a dumb thing I'm going to say, even though I don't, we're, we're not holding us to this, but one thing I've always had in mind with this podcast is, because I always like over planning things on podcasts to the point where it's like, we're never going to get to this episode, but it's like, what if we catch up with Pixar movies? What will we do? And I'm like, well, we can just watch all the Dreamers movies. <laughs> That's an option, well, I guess. We should but, do that little, we should do that little thing where we watch all of the ones that are like Sinbad and. Uh, oh, I was just saying in general, if we, we ever catch up and we're just waiting for a new Pixar product we can just be like alright we'll just watch all the DreamWorks movies while we wait yeah. you know there are the, so many come the panned episode then well but the thing is I'm very on that one I'm like just the films mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing else just, we're not gonna bother anywhere else in the films on this <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I just wanted to share like I have the I have a weird connection with Kung Fu Panda and it also sense. has like influenced I don't know I have this realization in different ways a lot of the time like over the pandemic doing like zoom theater was a... <laughs> that zoom is entering a partnership with AMC what why <laughs> zoom to do like their no free... no one knows why the variety article says AMC teams up with zoom in bizarre partnership that is that headline <laughs> 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 so ABC I think everyone News is confused is like, what the hell <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't ABC News. It was Variety. Variety, like the oh. movie newspaper, was like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, what was I? Oh, oh, just like doing Zoom theater. It was so. It, it was exciting and meaningful to see people like really get something out of Zoom theater, which I didn't go into thinking it would be a big deal, and. I feel the same way about like popular movies that I sometimes I'm like whatever about is like no man <laughs> in my in my my darkest time of need I watched Kung Fu Panda and that's like what I needed to get me through that that amount of Kung Fu Panda time so yeah I like popular movies man I mean to me a comfort movie is always weirdly um well, I mean, there's a lot of them. I think of the Lego movie always is one where I'm like, ah, oh, I can just put it on. And then, of course, Trump got elected, and that was like, well, I can't put it on always anymore because of president business. Um, oh. But also, I still think the Lego movie's great. Mm-hmm. Now I have a new one. It's called Cloud Atlas. Well, everybody. So we sh- you should you should edit this episode like Cloud Atlas, where it just starts unfolding. <laughs> like <give yourself> a- <laughs> like completely indecipherable. You like. Tear and then at the your- end, when I say that, at the end, when I say that, just like Blair the Matrix theme. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like you tear off your face and your gym broadbent. <laughs> well, we do. We have a watch. Hold on. Do we need to give something to Boys Night Out? Can we just move on? I think I've, we're beyond. I don't know. It. I don't want to. You know. You know what? We do. There's no reason for us to tie back to it. We you know what I? You and I want to give to it because I do like this bit a lot. Let's give it the announcement that we have to make about our next episode. All right. And the next. You can week give it that out. announcement. You can give it that announcement. Give it that announcement. You oh, do it. Jesus fucking Christ! I never remember it. All right. So here's what's going on. We're all taking. I have something to give it to. Okay. So you give the announcement first. Okay. I want to give it. I don't know. I want to give it another black, dirty sock because I love that leather jacket bit. Anyway, so <laughs> we we talked about this, and we're gonna do a week off for Thanksgiving. 
we did talk Sorry. about it. We decided that it is just better schedule wise. We got so much going on. We take a week off for Thanksgiving. Everyone takes a week off for Thanksgiving, and we all watch some Turner Classic movies instead. And we'll be back the week after that with a wow, double feature, I think. It... Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it is. But I had my my thing to give it to. Can I give it? Oh, something? I thought that was I thought that was your thing. I, thought I, I was no, no, I have another announcement. I had two announcements. The oh, okay, okay. I didn't run by you because Mark. Well, I mean, Mark can do what he wants. I'm not I, like I'm like Mark doesn't really pimp his stuff on here. But next time we have an episode out, will be the day my play production opens in indiana so if you happen to be around bedford indiana and want to go to a middle school play may i recommend maria kent and the spirit of adventure it is written by me it's about cowboys it's about pirates mark was in part a part of a workshop reading of it he will not be there for this which i totally i don't want him there it's in indiana he should not fly out to a middle school in indiana to see it but yes it is a play production written by me so uh yeah and it, it's i i have high hopes for it i think it's going to be very good i've been in contact with the director recently i'm supposed to actually one thing i have to do by friday that i don't know about i well i'll try to make time for it i have to write a note for the program which i have not done yet so i am excited yeah, like, i can't wait to write a note where it's like this is a play for divisive times when times when fascism comes to rise, and I'm like, "Here's this for Indiana. Here's this for, here's this for Indiana." You should you should write a note like that. <laughs> I hope that by writing about these cowboys and pirates, that I can evoke the conflict overseas or something like that. I mean, my play does have a line near the end that is not subtle at all, where it's like. This, the new generation must do better than the old. Must It's like the new generation must surpass the restraints of the old. No, I mean, I think, I I think that's, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's not like, by the, well, where should we go for our next adventure? <laughs> Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, I, I, I re-edited it. <laughs> Let's go to Taiwan. <laughs> And the next year, I can do my dream project, which is that Winnie the Pooh's in the public domain, and I want to write a Winnie the Pooh play. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh! It's so it's so cool that you're like you're doing this now, and then you can be you can position yourself to be like if you want a Winnie the Pooh play. I mean, I want. I, I don't know what a Winnie the Pooh play would be about. Is a big thing. It's like, what would I even write a Winnie the Pooh play about? Mm-hmm. But also, the idea of writing a Winnie the Pooh play is incredibly like, ooh, I should do that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that, that's what I'm giving it. It's, I'm giving it that announcement that you can go see this play that I wrote if you want. All in two right. weeks. Great. Yeah. But next time, <laughs> we're doing a little double feature, which isn't really a double feature because one of them's a film, one of them's a short. Uh, I don't have the doc open, so I don't know what order we're doing it. But one of them is... it's So, our last episode this year, barring maybe a little bonus one, will be our schedule look like it will land on The Incredibles. Ergo, we've already done The Iron Giant, but I realized after we did the Iron Giant, that there are a couple Brad Bird projects we could do as a detour. By the way, this episode was a, I think I said it was a detour, but in case you weren't aware, this is not an official thing. Girls, oh, I, Jesus that Christ, it's not. we forgot the detour I think, I think, noise again. I think I, did, I think I did say it. I think I did say it's a detour. I think I, I, think I, I just didn't do like a detour type of thing. You know? <laughs> I knew that. I just yeah. said it's a detour. Um, but it's next... 
one is another detour back to Brad Bird's older projects, which are the television pilot. Um, we're not watching the whole show because the whole show is apparently bad, but there's a pilot that aired as part of Amazing Stories, the Spielberg show, called Family Dog. And then we'll also watch the film he wrote from the 80s called Batteries Not Included, which I have no idea what it's about to. Hopefully Maybe we should it's not check. about strippers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's about strippers. I think it's, if I remember right, I think it's rated like PG or PG-13, so I don't think it's about strippers. I think it is. Or it's, traumatized. It's a kid's movie. It might be about... It might be about traumatizing children, because it's an 80s kids movie. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, um, we'll be watching those two and talking about them in two weeks' time. So, yeah. All right. That's our, that's our show. We'll see if uh, Mark will put the intro here, but who knows if we'll still have a Twitter by then. <laughs> we'll still have a what? Who knows, if Twitter, who knows if Twitter will still be around by the time this episode is out? Oh, that's on. <laughs> All right, see ya. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf, and each episode is edited by me. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean of Pixar Journey, on Twitter at Pixar Journey, on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and on our website lookingfortheoceanpixar.podbean.com If you want to know what I'm up to or find me on social media, you can head over to markyoungperformer.com And if you'd like to see all my takes on all the movies, you can find me on Letterboxd at Blankman's. If you'd like to hear me on another podcast, I also have The Snub Club, a podcast about film history. We'll see you next time. See you next time.